Okay, everybody, so we can continue talking a little bit about Hanukkah. Hanukkah is again in Chofei, where it's today, Chof Gimel. Chof Gimel Kislev Toshim and Ayin Beis. And, uh, no, Chof Gimel, I think. Tomorrow is Chof Dal. Tomorrow night is Hanukkah. So we'll talk a little bit about Hanukkah. We'll talk a little bit about this Pasha. Oh. State in Parshas Miketz, Vayoyim Paril Yosef. Pari says to Yosef, I dreamt a dream, but there is no one who could interpret it. And now I heard it said about you, that you hear a dream, you really understand it, lift her to interpret it. Rashi says, You listen to understand the dream, lift her to interpret it. Like it brings a French word in Tandris Balaz. Then the next puzzle tells us about the design. Vayan Yosef is pari. The Yosef answered pari, saying, "Lemor biladoi." That is beyond me. Elokim yanes shloim pari. Hashem will respond to pari's welfare. Rashi says, "Biladoi." That is beyond me. Eina chokma mishali. The wisdom to interpret dreams is not mine. Elo elokim yana. Rather, Hashem will respond. Yitain. Hashem is going to put a response in my mouth, Lishloim Pari for Paroi's welfare. Because Biladai could have meant other than me. So Yosef didn't tell Pari, I will not answer. Hashem is the one who will respond instead. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, The wisdom to interpret dreams is not mine. And Hashem will answer it. But Hashem is going to get, He's going to put a response into my mouth that it's going to be the Shloim Pari for Pari's welfare. Now you see over here Yosef could have claimed that uh, Chochm is his and it could have been his claim to fame. And still he says Eina Chochm Mishali. That is Makushta the Hanukkah. Because the Yvonim were trying to say that Chochma is a Koyach is B'Fnei Torah is a sort of Chochma, just like the seven wisdoms in the world. Torah is another sort of a wisdom. It's, it, it's not divine. The seven wisdoms we spoke about in Malachim. The astronomy, biology, biology is not included, rather. Chochmas HaTeva, Chochmas HaMusica is one of them. We spoke, went into all the Chochmas over there. Um, when we're talking about the Chochma of Malkas Shvo, who Ripsada calls the Eishe Znunim, in Malachim Aleph, Kapitel Yud, I in the recordings over there. We spoke about them. Anyway, he says, Eina Chochmas the Chochmas not mine, because the Yivonim were trying to say that the Chochmas HaTorah is not divine. They were trying to separate the Torah from the Noisen HaTorah. And they were saying, Torah is just like any other wisdom. Yosef says, the, the wisdom to interpret dreams is not mine. It's all from a Baruch Hu. Hashem is going to answer him. And that's Mekosh Techanika, because the Yivam were trying to say, the Chochmah is a Chochmah and it's not divine, and it's not inspired by Kaddish Baruch Hu. But here we see this, he said, that's what the, the, the Chashmanoyim, like Rashi brings him as Isa Bracha, Yud Beis Hashmanoi Velazar, they fought against the river voice, these myriads and myriads of soldiers, the Ivani soldiers, the Syrian Greeks, and they overpowered them. That's the Rabbim Admiatim, Tameim Batahoirim, Zaydim Biadoiske Sarisecho. Right? That's what Rashi says over there. So you see that this, they were showing them that Eina Chokh Mishali, that Chokhmot, the Chokhmas Atoiro, Cannot be separated from the Noisena Torah, from the Noisena Chochmo, and this, the, the, the Torah is divine, and the words of the Torah are divine, and it has a Neshama, and you can't separate the Chochmo of Torah and make it like any other of the wisdoms in the world. And that's what we see, Eina Chochmo Mishli from Yosef also. Now, a little bit of history, what was going on about the Neis Hanukkah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about from Rabbi Vigdor Miller Sefer. He has a Sefer Tzor to Uda, which is called Torah Nation, and he goes through Bayez Sheni, which is commonly known as the Second Commonwealth. And he talks about Golas Bavel. So I'm not going to read you everything, even though it's Kadai that I, the Rebbe Vigda Miller should speak to you, uh, obviously through my mouth. And I should say it's, I'll read some of the, uh, what he writes. I can't read everything. He talks about, on page 32, this is number 52, he says about, he's talking about the fall of the mighty empire of Bavel. And I want to read to you a little bit of what he says. And then I'm going to read you the Pasuk in Yishai that has a Shaykhist too. He writes like this. And I read, the fall of the mighty empire of Babylon shook all the nations, but most agitated were the Jews, who now saw the fulfillment of the Nevois of Yeshaya and of Yermio, and now they were stirred by excited expectation. 
For now they recalled the old prophecy of Yeshaya Hanavi in Yeshaya Memhei, Pasuk Aleph, where mention was made of a Kairish, a Cyrus, an anointed one, to whom HaKadosh Baruch would ground power over nations and for whom he would wrest open the gates of copper and break through the iron bars for the sake of my servant Yaakov, and I shall call you by your name, although you know me not. You mean you don't worship me. So Yeshaya's listeners had not understood, and some of the people had since forgotten these puzzling words. Now this prophecy was read with new interest and caused great excitement, for among the names of the Persian conqueror was also the name Kairish. And because he was not a Jew, so it could be said of him, you know me not. The Pasuk that Rebbe Vigdemil over here is referring to is the Pasuk over here in Yeshayim Mem. Hey, we're not there yet. We're holding about five Prakam before this, but about Yeshayim Mem almost. By Nachman Nachman Ami. It says over here, Koyomar Hashem Lemeshichai. So said Hashem to his anointed one, Lechoyresh, to Cyrus, to Koyresh, Asher Zakti Viyaminoi, whose right hand I held, Lirad Lefonov Goyim, to flatten nations before him. And the loins of kings I will loosen, to open the doors or portals before him, and the gates shall not be closed. So Rashi says over here, this is referring, he says, anytime it says greatness, that's called anointing. Like it says in Bamidra, it says, and then he brings Chazal. Rabbi Seinu Amru, Chazal say in the Gemara Megillah, Dafyud Bezam and Aleph. To the of Mashiach, Hashem is saying, I am complaining to you about Koirish. Like the Gemara says over there in Megillah. Now, the Rashi doesn't quote in its entirety the Gemara there, but I'll tell you what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, What's the meaning of what it says in this passage over here? So said Hashem to his Mashiach to Koirish. The Gemara asks, was Chayrish the Mashiach? Chayrish wasn't, Chayrish wasn't Mashiach. Rather, this is what the Apostle means to tell you. Kaddish Baruch Hu said to Mashiach, I'm complaining to you about Chayrish. Because I said that he should build up my base of Migdash. This is talking about Bayez Shani, which he, at the end, he gave the Rishos to do. We'll see in a minute. And that leads us into the Neis Hanukkah. Right? Um, and I said to him, and, and, and to gather my exiles, but he said, whoever among you is from all his people may ascend, they may go up. So the Gemara is being Miramas over here to this two psukim that we find in Ezra and we find in Divya Yom and Beis, Kapitel Lamed Zayin, where Kairish over there announces that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. But these Masak over there concludes by merely enabling those who wish to ascend Teretz HaKadosh to do so. He says, whoever wants to go could go. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu over here is complaining to Mashiach who, because of necessity, is going to complete the Geul of Klal Yisrael. So it's an interesting Chedushi Rajbu, the Rajbal Agodis Hashas, that's quoted also by the Kais of Anayin Yankiv, he says, had Kairish fulfilled his divine mandate in its entirety and rebuilt the base of Migdash, so there would have been no third Golos. And the Geula would have been complete in his time had Kairish done what Hashem wanted him to do. Instead, he said, whoever wants to go up, could go up. He wasn't Mechaev, everybody go up. And by his shani, not every, most of the Chorosh and Mazgir, the, 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 the Shufr, the Shufr of Klal Yisrael, the cream of Klal Yisrael, stayed in Bovil. Ezra took up, we'll see, 42,000 or so uh, people to come up to Eretz Yisrael. Not, it wasn't even Ezra, it was Rubavil. Ezra came up later, we'll see in a minute. Why they stay? So we'll talk about that. We'll have that's a whole cheshbon why they stay. But anyway, he says, had Kairish done it, it would have been the Gula Shleimu. Now Rashi over there in Megillah says that the Aliyah, uh, he, he says the, 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 the Nakud, the, the, uh, the Trup over here is a riot to the Drush, that his anointed and Kairish are not connected. And therefore, Rav Chizda separates them and he explains that the Mashiach, the anointed, is referring to Melech Mashiach. However, the Radak has a whole different shot over here to Mimiyash of the Peshuddha Shemekar. Well, anyway, the Pasuk says Vaiter. Pasuk says, I will go before you, and I, um, and I will uh, straighten out crooked, the or Aisher, it's a Vav and a Yud, I will straighten out the crooked paths. I will break the, the, the doors of copper, and cut off the bars of iron. And I will give you the treasures of darkness. Umatmune mistarim and the riches that are hidden in secret places. Lamanteda, in order that you should know, Kenya Hashem Akari Bishimcha, that I am Hashem who calls you by your name. Elokei Yisrael, the Holy One of Yisrael. Liman Avdi Yaakov, for the sake of my servant Yaakov, says Yishaya Novi. Vi Yisrael, Bechiri, and Yisrael, my chosen one. Ve'ekerlocha Bishmecha, and I called you by your name. Achemcha. I uh, surnamed you, I gave you a nickname, Veloyedatani, and you have not known me. 
So they, they took Chazal to interpret this. This is going lo yedatoni. You have not known me. You know me not. That's going on Koirish, right? Because he was not a Yid. So we could say of him that you don't know me. He wasn't Yid. Esther was Jewish. No, that's Daryovish, not Koirish. We're talking about Koirish. Daryovish was Esther's father. It was someone else. That's son of no, no, yeah, there's someone else. Anyway, Lamaisa, these words of Yeshaya were now shown to Koirish. Now, when Koirish read this, and he was, he was so astonished at the divine power, so an earnest desire and ambition sized upon him to fulfill what was so written. It says that I'm going to be the one to be Goyo Kal Yisrael and built by Shani. Oh, imagine you go over to someone. You say, Yeshaya, no, the Yiddish Novi was talking about you. So this Goyo over here says, ah, great. And then he was, and he's going to do it. Now, Ravigna Miller says that there were numerous enemies of the Yidden who certainly investigated the matter thoroughly. At this passage in Yeshaya not been universally acknowledged as genuine so then these enemies would have brought disaster upon the Yidden for the audacity of showing this passage to Kairish it was sorely and solely due to the fact that this was unanimously acknowledged as the authentic prophecy of Yeshaya that Kairish was so profoundly impressed because it was true he issued a proclamation and he says God the Lord of the heavens commanded me to build a house for him like it says in Ezra Aleph Beis so Kairish hereby acknowledged that he was commanded by Kaddish Baruch Hu in the Nevu of Yeshaya to rebuild the base of Migdash. He would not have done so until he had thoroughly ascertained that the truth of the matter, and he was under such, so proud, profound of an impression that immediately in the first year of his reign, without any delay, he issued the proclamation. And this remarkable fulfillment of Yeshaya's Nevuah, in which someone is named beforehand, is paralleled by the Nevuah. Like it says in Melachim Aleph, Kapitel Yud Gimel, about Yoshio HaMelech, it says, Behold, the son is going to be born to the house of David, and Yoshio Shema, his name is going to be Yoshio which was said more than 300 years before Yeshio's time. And there Chazal says, One of them is Yeshio HaMelech. But here also, Yeshaya Novi is prophesizing, like Rashi says, Goof over here, in Yeshaya, way before the fact was going to happen, that it's referring to Kairish. And that's what we're going to get to, Mitzvah, when we get to this in, over here in Novi, about uh, Kairish, that it was talking about Kairish, that um, he was going to, that he, he was going to come to power, and before his success, Kairish did not fear Kaddish Baruch. After he was successful, he did fear Kaddish Baruch. And, and it says, Rashi says, you weren't born yet. And before you were born, I called you by the name of Kairish. And you're going to take the Jews out of the Babylonian Golos. And he said, whoever among us is going to, is, may ascend. And he gave them permission to go. But then afterwards, he cast the trouble from upon his neck. Because we know many, many years before Kairish, before the Golos bubble Bechlal, so the Navi said, about the destruction of Bovel, right? Yeshaya Novi told us before in Kapitel Yud Gimel, I called you by name, and I gave you a nickname. Sometimes you first him by name, as in this Kapitel, something doesn't. Anyway, we see over here that uh, this Kairish fellow, he was very, very convinced that Yeshaya Novi was talking about him. So he says, okay, it's talking about him. And then, again, we have to realize that Bovel, but we're not talking about now about Nebuchadnezzar, that's what Vigna Mill discusses before, how he was destroyed. I'm talking about the beginning of Bayez Shani, how it was got Rishos to be built and coming back, and then it's going to lead us into the Hashemunayim, just know the background, what happened before the Tkuf of Matisio and the Hashemunayim, and, and then no ap- afterwards. Oh, see, that's a good question. How many years afterwards was it? So we know Bayez Shani stood for 420 years. Lafimai Cheshmer comes out like this. The Gemara says that Hordus had Melucha for 103 years, Malchus Beis Chashemani was also another 103 years. That's 206 years. So 206 years before Bayez Sheni was destroyed, that's when the Malchus Chashemani came to power. So you make a Cheshman, 420 minus 206, comes out to how much Rabbi Jezlin? 420 minus, 420 minus 206, 214 years. Why do you get 194? Again, 420 minus... 206 equals 214 years before Bayez Shani was destroyed. So that's when the Hashemunayim came to power. And it was a few years later, three years later, we'll see the Cheshman. Um, they have to, re, they have to, re, uh, that they, they, uh, they, they destroyed and the whole Neis Hanukkah happened. Anyway, so we're talking into Bayez Shani. Um, we're talking right now, what we're discussing right now when Bayez Shani was built, we're talking um, 420 years before it was destroyed, obviously. When the Yidden went up to this, to uh, go into uh, to go to, to go into uh, to rebuild it, and then Eschanaka happened afterwards. 
So it comes out that Malchus Chashmanoi came into power about 214 years before into Bayis Sheni when it was standing. I'm going back 200 years before, Pasha, to know where, where to lead up to that. You have to know what happened before to know what happened afterwards. Let's read a little bit more from Rav Vigdim Miller what he says. So he writes that soon after sl- the slaying of Belshazzar, who had profaned the Kaddish Baruch, whose sacred vessels, the Kli Kodesh, Sekairish restored some of the precious vessels to the Yidden, and he gave permission to return to Yehuda and to rebuild the Heichel. Now the desecrated Kalim were probably the ones that were left behind, for later we find Achashverosh again used the sacred vessels at his banquet. Like it says in Esther Aleph, the Gemara Megillah Yudal from Abayz talks about it. Now the remarkable proclamation by Kairish demonstrated his truly righteous mood. The Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah of Gimel Amit as a result of seeing his name foretold in the ancient prophecy, Sash Kaddish Baruch, who stirred up the spirit of Kairish, the king of Persia. Kairish was Esther's son, right? And he proclaimed throughout all his kingdom and also in writing, saying, So said Kairish, the king of Persia. Kairish was Esther's son. Now, the, now the, uh, Lord, gave to me all the kingdoms of the earth, he says. And he re- commanded me to build for him a house in Yerushalayim, which is in Yehuda. This is Kairish talking. Who is there among you from all his people? May his, his God be with him and let him go up from Yerushalayim and Yehuda and let him build the house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Elikei Yisrael. And then he continues, who is the God who is at Yerushalayim? Every survivor in any place where he is going to dwell, let the people in that place support him with silver and gold possessions and beasts and donations to the house of Hashem who is in Yerushalayim. So you see over there, Kairish is saying, Dr. Victor Miller, listen, I want everybody to go back and support the Binyan of Bayez Shani. Now, subsequently, so all his enthusiasm cooled somewhat, the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, as is evident from the specifications for the Beis Amigdosh, he writes over there three rows of marble blocks and one row of wooden blocks, it says in Ezra Vov, Pasuk Dalit, which Messiah explains to us, Chazal say, is a requirement to place the wooden blocks underneath the marble blocks. What was the Cheshman Kairish wanted it to be done like that? In order to be vulnerable to fire, in case the Yidden would attempt independence, so now he could easily burn it down. Uh, and yet the proclamation was not retracted or in any way made ineffective. The original proclamation, even though he cooled somewhat later, was not retracted or made ineffective. He gave Rishos to build Bayis Sheini. So now, we get up to Zerubovel. Now this, we find, is very, very exciting because Zerubovel, the son of Shaltiel, the son of Pedoya, the son of Yechania, together with the Kohen Gadol, Yeshua ben Yoytzadok, who was the son of Sroya Kohen Gadol, who was killed by the Vachanetz's orders at Rivel, like it says in Malachim Beis, Kapitel Chafei Pasuk uh, Yudches. So Zerubovel led 42,360 nefoshes back to Yerushalayim and to the cities from which their families had come. You hear that number? Not many Yidden came up. 42,360 came back to Yerushalayim. Now, it was a remarkable fact that the famous Tamachachim Ezra refused to accompany them. The Tamachachim Ezra, HaSoifer, refused to come up from them, with them from Bovel. Because the study of Torah, the Gemara says, is more important than Binyan Beis Hamikdash. Because as long as Baruch Baneria was alive, Ezra did not leave him to go up to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim. As I state the Gemara, Megillah, after Zayin Amid Beis. Now, Ezra was already a Torah leader in that time. But as long as his teacher, the Talmud of Yermio, Baruch Benaria, was still alive, Ezra was busy utilizing his Rebbe to build that greatest of the Batei Migdash, the greatest of all sanctuaries, which is the Talmud Chacham. And Ezra refused to go up, and he stayed, and he was building himself. Because Kozman, his Rebbe, was alive. Baruch Benaria, he didn't leave. Now it is significant that it was not the return to the land which was important, but the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash for the service of Hakadosh Baruch. The main nekudah here was the Vayitz Hashem. The destruction and the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash are emphasized all through Tanakh and through the Gemara, whereas the Golos and the, Shu, the return to Tzion are not put into the foreground. Now we don't. We're not so much. You know, let's get back to Zion and get back to uh, and and uh, the Gemara says, you know, the goal, uh, Let's finish and put an end to the goals. That's not the foreground in Tanakh or in the Gemara. The main thing over here is for Avodas Hashem. Now, even in the proclamation of Kairish, we read it says he commanded me to build for him a house. The who is there among from all his people? Let him go up to Yerushalayim Yehuda and let him build the house of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. So even the Gentiles understood that the central purpose of the Jewish nation was the Avodas Hashem, the service of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now the last of the Nevi'im went up with Rezubovil. Chagai and Zechariah began their recorded Nevoahs in the second year of Daryovish. 
they now pointed out the original site of the Mizbeach. As I stated in Gemara in Zvachim of Samach Beis Amalav, they came up there. They didn't know where the Makkah of Mizbeach was. We were very nice. We come up, which the whole nice how Yichanya he the Chuva in, in prison. The Ramlas Moynim is one of the biggest about Chuva ever lived. Marzan Hedron says Sheshaskoi Eil because the community Gemara says Ain Ishim Asaberes Mumas. A woman can never become pregnant when she's standing, and they and 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 wife convinced. Uh, 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 to allow Yechonia's wife to be sent down to him in prison she came down and she says Kasheshana Dumerisi was a big Nesoyen for Yechonia and he said he was perished from her because she was Pirsanida he waited Yud Alf Meziv and Hashem says he did Tshuva nobody would have known anything they sent her down again and she became pregnant she became pregnant with Pedoya who had the son of uh, Shaltiel and Zerubbabel was his son so see, we see over here there's a continuation of Malchus based David he was really supposed to be destroyed the Gemara says he can't. It's a Kabbalah. A woman can never become pregnant with standing. And it was only standing room only. And she became pregnant. So Rebubble's great-grandmother. So the Gemara says it, was, it usually can't happen. But it was all because of Shosh Yechonyi. The Rambam says one of the biggest Baal ever lived. So he comes back up with Zerubbabel. He, he comes back up in building by his Shani. Now Chagai and Zechariah, they began all their Nevois, which are recorded in the second year of Davyavish. So now, as we said, they pointed out the original site of the Mizbeach, the Gemara says in Zvachim, of Aleph, which was now immediately rebuilt. And on Rosh Hashanah of that year, the Karbanis were made, although the Heichel, the Beis Amikdash, did not yet exist, but they still did the Karbanis because the Zachiv to bring up Karbanis, if you know the Mokim of Mizbeach. Just as the place in Mizbeach had become doubtful, it was a suffix due to the Golos, other in Yanam will also become very doubtful, and they needed a lot of clarification. On this seat, Chagai, Hanovi sat and he said three things. The Gemara says in Yevamus Tazayin Amar Aleph that Tzoros Abbas is Osir, Amin and Moyov were Mafresh, Meiser, Oni in the seventh year. And the third thing he says that we are allowed to accept Geirim from Tarmoid and from Kardu. I know over there the Gemara in, in, in Yevamus Tazayin Amar Aleph. Now before the Churban Abayis, no halachas were reported in the name of the speaker, the one that said it. Because the Sanhedrin knew of no doubts, there were no sveikas bechlal. And all of the Torah was unanimously known and repeated after the catastrophe of Churban. So these questions now were raised and Chagay and the Kacham decided them. In the second month of the next year, they began to erect the base of Migdosh, urged on by Kaddish Baruch, whose word, the Dvar Hashem delivered by these Nevi'im, by the Avodah of Nevi'im. Yirmiyah Novi in Yirmiyoch of Beis, Pazach of Dalit, had said Nevuah that even Kenayo, he calls him, that's Yechonia, would be a signet on my right hand, from there I would pluck you off. But now Chagai Novi said in Chagai Beis, Pazach of Gimel, he declared on that day, he said, Kaddish Baruch Hashem Tzavokos, I'm going to take you and make you a signet on my hand because the sincere repentance of his great grandfather Yechonia now reaped its reward because the signet was now restored in its place and Yechonia was rewarded with a descendant that was worthy to be called Avdi my servant that's what Chagi calls him this was the man who began the erection of the second base Amigdash, and he was among the chief policy makers after serving for some time in the capacity of Persian governor over Yehuda in his old age Zerubbabel returned to Bovel. Now, the entire family of David, the house of David, Beis David, continued to reside in Bovel. From them came the long line of the great Galusa rulers, and Hillel Hanasi was of this house. Rebchia, the Gemara says in Ksubis, of Beis Amadalf, also came from the house of, of David Amelech. And Rav was called Bar Pachsi, the son of great men. You know why? Because he was from the house of David Amelech. And in the land of Yehuda, we find no one of this house until Hillel came up from Bovel. He was the only one that came back because Zerubbabel had gone back to Bovel. Could be his Lushan Zerubbabel, his Lushan of being Zoyer in Bovel, that he, 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 he continued to sire offspring in Bovel, even though it says he was in his old age over there. But uh, Ula Ibn Ezra says that a man can have a, 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 a there's, no, there's no limit, Ibn Ezra says by Avram Avinu. Anyway, the plan of HaKadosh Baruch who follows this principle, because whenever Virtue begins to establish itself, so the forces of evil arise to exert a special effort to cause as much hindrance as possible. At this time, when the Yidin began to rebuild the base of Migdash, there arose a hindrance which was to plague them for long generations. When Shalmaneser had exiled the Aserah Shvatim, he brought Goyim, Gentiles, from Kusa, subsequently known as the Kusim, or the Samaritans, with the name, from the name Shemrim, which is the chief city of the land of the Aserah Shvatim. Yeah, oh, we're going to get to that in a minute. To settle on the land. This is Mephorish and Melachim Beis Kapitel Yudzayin. When Shalmaneser, who was Sancherev, or the kings of, that was the policy of the, the kings of, uh, of uh, Assyria, of Asher, to exile the people, and they shouldn't feel loyalty to their homeland. He brought the Kusim, and the Shemrainim, to, 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 to the Kusim up there at Yisrael, and 
they came to settle land. And Hashem sent upon them the lions. There's a whole machlekes of the Geri, Aroyus, Geri, Emes, Toysus, and Subas of Yeral, from the bottom talks about it, Marbabakamo. And they said to the Melech of Asher, the nations who you exile and cause to settle in the cities of Shemron do not know the law of the God of the land. In other words, to live in Eretz Yisrael, you have to know the laws of HaKadosh Baruch, they don't know anything. So he sent upon them the lions who killed them. So that's why they're dying from lions. They complained to Shalmaneser. And the Melech of Asher gave an order. He says over there, go fetch for them one of the Kaihanim of the Zeres Hashvatim, who you exiled from here. And he shall teach them the law of HaKadosh Baruch the God of the land. So there came one of the, the, uh, one of the Kahanim who had, they had exiled from Shemron, and he settled in Beskale, where the Asar Shvatim uh, formerly worshipped. And he taught them how they should fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's how the Kusim learned a little bit. They brought one of the Kahanim from the Asar Shvatim to teach them. And then it says these people feared HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they also worshipped their idols until this day, it says over there. Among Chazal, there were some who considered them as the Emesagarim, despite their shortcomings. But, as the Gemara says in Chulun, the others did not. And in the days of the later Tanaim, they were declared Goyim when they were discovered to be worshippers of the dove image. Because it says, They were passed from Lavi Bakal. Now, when Zerbaval and all his men began to erect the Beis Amigdash, so now the Kusim came with the proposal that they participate in the work. Let's have a Chalik in there. They wanted a Chalik, right? Hashem was putting the new community to a test right now. Will you pass this test or will you not? This raised the delicate question of a choice between two perilous alternatives. To deny this Shemroinim and their offer meant immediate peril and also many years of active hostility. This the Jews saw clearly. There was no shayla about it that to say no to the Kusim, to the Shemroinim, when they come to participate in the Binyan Beisam so that, that was mamish like digging your own grave and causing yourself uh, unwanted hostility by saying no to them. This didn't so clearly. Yet, among the most necessary steps in the founding of the new community was separating from the impurity of the people of the land. Like it says in Ezra, Vav, Pasuk And in the days of Moshe and the days of Yeshua, before they entered Eretz Yisrael, HaKadosh Baruch had warned repeatedly against association with the Oiv He says, Don't make any covenant of peace or friendship with them with them or, or their gods. They're not allowed to dwell in your land lest they cause you to sin, it says in Shemay Yitzchav Gimel. This was a tenai, this was a condition for Klal Yisrael's tenure in Eretz Yisrael. If you do not drive out the Yishviyaretz, the inhabitants of the land, it's going to come to pass that as I intend to do to, to them, I'm going to do to you. So the new settlers knew that a great peril would arise if they alienated the Kusim, who were established in the land and were numerous and powerful. You have to realize the Kusim were there for hundreds of years already. Sancherev exiled them 133 years before the Chorban. Mad, that's then the Chorban, 133 years later, seven years of Golos, that's over 200 years they were already established. And Zayim Gahaltna, they're the Yidin, because the ones, the Koyin came and taught them some of the Alochis. So Shaila, some of the Yom hold that they were Taka Yidin, till later they weren't. So anyway, the new settlers knew that a great sorrow would arise if they alienated these Kusim, who were established in the land that were numerous and powerful. Furthermore, now that the situation was not as clear-cut as in the time of Yeshua, for now they were confronted not by mere, by, by mere idolaters, by Oiv De'avayi but by worshippers of Elikei Yisrael, who were eager to participate in rebuilding his Beis Amigdash. To the minds of many today, it would seem unquestionable that such aid should be welcomed and even solicited of course, they want to come offer and the, 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 you know, these half-baked Jews, what's the shayla? Open them, welcome them with, with wide open arms. However, Rebbe Vigna Miller, they rejected the Samaritans. Despite all that stood them to makabal them, they rejected the Shemroinim, these Kusim, these Samaritans. The prophetic founders of the new community were granted the foresight that the erection of the base of Migdash would be hindered by these partners. And they understood that the Kusim would vitate the plan. They would, tell how this fancy word I was using. They would be mevatal the plan for a strong Torah community. So they replied clearly, it is not for you together with us to build a house to our God. For we alone shall build it for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the K Yisrael, as Kairish the king of Persia commanded us. So we have the tzivi, like it says in Ezra Dalad, Pasa Gimel. By these words, they made clear that the Kusim were not the authentic people of Israel to forestall the usurpation, as attempted later by the Christians, when they claimed that the name Israel was theirs, and they even claimed the scriptures, the Tanakh, the Christians years later said, we're the new Israel, and the scriptures are ours. So here, 
in the beginning of Bayez Shani, they, were for, they, they, they had the foresight to see that the Kusim are not part of us. They're not part of Kal Yisrael. And, and Garnish, we're making a Mechor right now. We're Mavatal everybody else because we're building Bayez Shani right now. We rejected the Shemroinim because later we see that the Christians try to usurp the name Yisrael. And they even claim that the new Israel, they claim that the Tanakh is theirs with their new additions, right? And we'll see later why the name Good Samaritan comes. Rabbi Big Mill is going to quote a, pos- a, pos- a verse in Luke. Anyway, so it was done over here to reject them, to, forso- to forestall the, the, um, them uh, trying to usurp the Yiddish name. Now, the Yiddin herein also invoked the powers that were granted by the royal edict. Don't forget that Kairish had originally granted them permission to go rebuild the base of Migdash. So they now invoked those powers to discourage attempts to incite the local Persian officials against the work because Kairish was in Persia but he had local officials in Eretz Yisrael at that time so the, the people, the Kusim who were numerous would try to incite the Persian officials against the work of the Beis and uh, they, they, therefore they used the royal edict from the king the Melech Kairish because like, uh, they convinced him he's talking about you they couldn't stop them now just as Dovid Melech starts to heal him not with the praises to HaKadosh Baruch but with his teichacha against the company of Chaitim. What does he say? He says, Ashri ish, Ashalei Yoshav, Ashalei Ha'ach, Badei Cheshoyim, Badas, Chatoyim, Loi Omod, Kimetoi Sashem Chefzoi, Vesayrosi, Yagi Yom Eloilam. So just as he started that, so did the community of the Golas begin the rebuilding of the Beis Amigdus by rejecting the Shemroinim. First thing is, the Shemroinim are not part of Klal Yisrael. By this determined stand, the line was clearly drawn. There was no halfway Torah in Yisrael. There was no way that there was going to be a halfway Torah in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, it was continued the ancient policy initiated by Avram Avinu, who refused to reside in Stoim, and who did not permit his son to wed one of the daughters of Canaan, Blesikach Ishelevni, from the Benoisa Oretz, from the Benoisa Knani. Therefore, he sent Eliezer and Pashtai Sarah, go, and uh, he made him swear, right? His money gives it to him, the Shtar Machir, for nothing, Abraham Avin, right? But when you're getting a shidduch from my son, there's a future client, so it makes him take a shvua. Simna Yotcha Tachas Yerechi, right? And that was the Indian. So, anyway, this is the same thing over here. They say no to the Shem Rainim, just like David Amelah says, don't have any Shaykhs, it's Chabras, Lurishoyim. Abraham Avinu also doesn't go and Mishab with the Sadoim Nikis, don't take my daughter, a Kanani woman, for my son. So, too, over here, they made the same. Uh, precedent, they, they, they said, they continued in the siphon and they rejected the Samaritans. Now, the reaction to this was immediate. The Kusim denounced the Jews to the Persian government as a people rebellious and injurious to kings and nations, and they persuaded the Persians to forbid the completion of the sanctuary of the base of Migdash. So, thus was affirmed the wisdom of the Jewish leaders who had understood that the Kusim were enemies whose real aim was to bring the Jews under their domination. For not even a disgruntled Jew would hinder the restoration of HaKadosh Baruch The worst Jew, the most extra Yid, would never hinder the restoration of HaKadosh Baruch So you have your shittas, you have problems with it, they don't want to accept you. But they're building the base of Migdosh. They didn't let you take a chalik in it, but you're not going to stare it. Here, the Kusim stared it. So this was exactly what the G'day Yisrael saw, because that was their brain. Their, 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 their plan was to bring uh, the Jews under the domination. They'll rule over them. Now the Shemroinim thereafter proved to be an internal thorn in the side of our nation. Whenever they wished to preempt some privilege, they proclaimed themselves Jews. But whenever it was disadvantaged to be Jews, it was disadvantageous, right? To be Jews, they disclaimed any connection and sided with the enemies of Israel. Now it was no accident that the detractors of the Jews coined the paradoxical name Good Samaritan. This is quoted in Luke 10, 30-37. The Good Samaritan, where does it come from? The Good Samaritan is because when he wants to get all the Hanoyos and get some privileges that you can only get if you're a Jew, so they proclaim themselves, But when it's in your interest to be a Goy, so then you're a Goy. That's a Good Samaritan. That's where they get it from. But the Yidin smart, smart. But the only, the Yidin were only temporarily deterred because when they're Yavesh, took the throne, the work of the base of English was resumed under the urging of Chagah and Zechariah. The Kusim denounced the Yidin to the local Persian officials who thereupon warned the Yidin to desist, but the Yidin ignored the warning and the officials wrote to Daryavish for instructions. The king ordered a search in the archives at Hamadan Ekbatana, which is in Achmatra, in Media, in Modai, and in Kairish's original decree was found. They wanted to know what he originally commanded. So they found it. And Daryavish then ordered the local officials to assist the builders of the Heichel and to punish all those who hindered them. And that's what Rishul Hanani says in the Chagigah 
Oid Hayad Netuya, Oid Yad Netuya's hand was still outstretched because on the third of Adar, in the sixth year of Daryavesh, the Besamikdash was completed. Now, this was just the hostility in the beginning of, of the. Uh, the beginning of, of Binyan Bayez Shani. Now I'm going to skip, I'm going to zoom ahead fast forward to the Tekufa of the uh, Hashmenoyim. Now, so we're fast forwarding now, very, very quickly to get Yisoyed about Hanukkah. So later, Bevigda Miller writes in the chapter called The Early Days of the Second Sanctuary, the base of Migdash, in 278, number 270 writes like this. This was also, you have to know, after the Tukuf of the Muslim, the Muslim were big Rishoyim, and they would rule the land for 40 years until the Hellenizers, the Yavanim, rose to power. This is in Bayashani, after we spoke a little bit about the beginning of Bayashani. And the Muslim, I just want to tell you one Maizdi, in, 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 in Rashi brings it in, uh, in, uh, in Sanhedrin, that there was a big Muchas, he died, and they were big Rishoyim because they used to steal pe- money from people. They were official tax collectors, they were ruling the land. And one day a guy, he, he dies, one of these Muslim, a big Russia, and the same day a big Tzaddik died, and their, their mitas got mixed up. So a lot of people came and they thought they were coming to the, Levi- the Tzaddik's Leviah. And meanwhile, the Russia, this Muchas was sitting in the, uh, in, the, in the coffin. So the Masbid gets up, he starts saying, this man was a great man, a pious man, and he was very honest. And it seems that this Muchas, who, pe- he was in the box, right? People didn't know who, who it was. They thought it was the Tzaddik. He seems to be having a no from all the Shvachim and all the Tairim and all the cover that they were giving him. So Rav Desla asks, they're not even talking about you. They're talking about the Tzaddik. What a no do you have? Why do you have Terrence says because this man was so dovel with me this Roy is running after covet his whole life that whenever you're talking about covet, even if you're talking about someone else, but covet's me. You must be talking about me. Because the people out there don't know that it's not me in here. But I know the truth. Even though I know the truth, but my Midas Roy still stick with me. So right after the guy dies, his Midas Roy stay with him. This was just a mindset with the Muchis. This that was that. After this the Kufa, so the Yvonne, the Hellenizers came to power. So Bavigna Miller writes over there, although a catastrophe of the first magnitude, this fearful action of the Hellenizers, the Yvonne, proved to be a great blessing. Had they refrained from persecuting the Jews, or had they persecuted them less, the nation would not have been stirred to action, and no war would have resulted. This party of depraved renegades would have continued to grow and to strengthen its influence indefinitely, and the entire history of the second base of Middash would have been different. The base of Middash would have remained defiled, and publicly the Torah would have been ignored, and the effect of the following millennia of history would have been incalculable. It was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hand that induced these wicked men to overplay their hand. The nation was now driven by them against the, the wall, and now because there was no alternative other than complete spiritual extinction, a wave of righteous wrath swelled up and began to roll back against the persecutors. Now came the time for HaKadosh Baruch to fulfill the Nebuah, foretold by Moshe Rabbeinu a thousand years before. Ulalevi Amari said, he said to them, Mechatz Masnaim Komov, smite through the loins of those that Misana bin Yukumo and they rise against him, and of his enemies that they rise no more. So, a sign of Levi, Matisyo Akoyin, raised the banner of the Torah aloft when the Yivanim and the Hellenizer henchmen came to offer swine on a Mizbeach in his town of Modi'in. That's not far away from where I live. I live in Modi'in Elite, modern ancient Modi'in is not too far from there. The modern day city of Modi'in is there, but it's all in that area. Anyway, it's about tw- a half hour from Yishalayim, let's say. So, Matisyo, who Rashi says in the place came and he couldn't take it anymore when they're bringing a chazer, a dover acher on the Mizbech in his own town of Modi'in, that was the limit after they, the, the, the base of Mikdash was taken out of control of the Yidden after we spoke about how it was erected originally. So now, Matisyo saw and his heart became hot with anger and there was kindled within him a zeal for the Torah of his God and he ran in his wrath upon the man and he slew him at the altar. He killed the officer and he overthrew the altar that Mizbeach, and he called to all who loved Hashem's halachas, God's law, to forsake their possessions and follow him into the wilderness. The wrathfulness of Levia, which Yaakov had disapproved, like it says in Bereshah's Memtes, had become ennobled by zeal for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Torah, such as their zeal in helping Moshe punish the sinners of the Cheta Egel, like it says in Shmoy Islam at Beis Pash Kisisa. And as when Pinchas HaKoyin, he smote Zimri for openly defying the Torah, and now was employ, employed when Matisio and his noble sons raised the banner of the Torah against its enemies. Now that they saw purpose and resistance, they no longer permitted themselves to be slaughtered on Shabbos as hitherto up until now. They battled so fiercely that the Hellenizers, the Yivanim, they fled to the Gentiles and the pious men flocked to Matisio's army, which now went from victory 
to victory. They did not arise to do battle for national independence, Dr. Bevigda Miller. As the Gentile thinking Jewish writers of today would have us believe, the nationalist Jews who forsook the Torah make a great to-do about the Chashmanoans, the Chashmanoim, and they depict them as patriots for political independence. These Zionists of today would have been among the Hellenizers had they then existed, Zadar Bevigda Miller. And the Chashmanoim would have been forced to fight against them for the right to practice the Torah. As long as they were able, the Jews sought peace and abhorred war, especially since war entailed disturbance of the Torah regimen, which requires a peaceful and established community system. This, there was but one matter which could stir them to rebellion and cause them to take up arms. The interference with their observance of the Torah. Now the men of peace had even the Koyanim became warriors. And those who detested war became the fiercest of fighters. At the age of 64, Matisio on his deathbed fortified his sons with admonitions of piety and trust in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, And he appointed his son Shimon as his, the advisor and his son Yehuda as the commander. He said, Shimon B'ni is Chochem. Yehuda B'ni is going to be the one that's in charge. Long ha- and, and, and uh, uh, perilous was the campaign waged by the Chashmanoyim as this family was known. But their little army continued to win against such huge odds that all men saw they're in the open hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Jews recognized that their leaders were being favored by HaKadosh Baruch Hu according to the Nevuah that the Zerah of Levi, the seed of Levi, would overcome their enemies. When two subordinates, Joseph, Ben Zechariah, and Azariah attempted battle on another front and they lost 2,000 men, so it was explained by the fact that they were not of the seed of which HaKadosh Baruch Hu had chosen to bring deliverance to his people. They were not from the Zerah of Hashmanoim. Although all that they did was according to the Torah, they sent away from the army all who had built new homes, they betrothed wives, planted vineyards, who were afraid to battle, as prescribed by the Torah Mephorish in Dvarim Chof. They always prepared themselves and their men for battle with quotations from the sacred scriptures and by admonitions towards faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and loyalty towards his Torah. And their chief weapon was prayer. The chief weapon was tefillah. They assembled at mitzvah, for mitzvah was formerly a place of prayer for Yisrael. They fasted on that day, and they wore sackcloth and put earth on their heads, and they tore their garments. And then they cried out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with weeping. Yehuda said, Do not fear, arise and let us cry out to the Lord our God. When he saw the very great cramp of the enemy, so then he prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it is a remarkable fact that they ran into battle while weakened by fasting. No nation attempted to do battle with empty stomachs. But the Hashmanoim army, they fought with a strength which came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They not only were strong, but their handful overcame, their handful, their ma'atim overcame the mighty armies of skilled fighters. That's the Rabbi Ma'atim, the Giboyrim, Biat Chaloshim. After three years of war, the day came when they re-entered the desolate city of Yushalayim. They tore their garments and put earth on their heads in bitter mourning for the desecrated Beis Amikdash of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They sounded the shofar and they fell upon their faces and their outcry of tshuva went up to Shemayim. The stones of the profane Bezbeach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu were put away to wait a time when a Navi would arise to instruct them to what to do. Now it is significant that despite the flaming inspiration of this generation, no Navi arose. Not even a false Navi is mentioned, although oracles and diviners abounded in all the surrounding nations. This demonstrates the truthfulness and the piety of the entire people who were unanimous in the knowledge that prophecy was no more because the Tukuf Nevuah had ended. Now on the 25th of Kislev, which is in two days, they made the dedication of the new Mizbeach, the Chanukah Zamizbeach, on the same day when it had first been profaned by their enemies. Now something happened which was the climax to all their aspirations. The nation was very close in time to the old era of Nevuah, and they were close in spirit to those great days. They still yearned for the presence of a Kaddish Baruch which had so openly demonstrated itself in the olden days, and this was still the nation's dearest wish. That he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, Upon my couch in the nights I sought him, whom my soul loves, it says in Shir Shir Malif. True, their feats on the battlefields were not by mere force of arms. And they knew full well that Kajbarak was leading them. But they longed, they longed for some sign as happened in the not so long ago past that the Shekhinah was in their midst. Rav Popper inquired of Abai, the Gemara says in Brachos why were Nisim done for the Darius Vishayinim, but not for us? So he answered him, the Darius Vishayinim, were mockery of their lives. They offered their lives for the Al Shem Kedushas Hashem. 
the holiness of HaKadosh Baruch's name, but we don't do that because the fire of HaKadosh Baruch's Torah burned so hotly in their hearts, the Shekhinah now demonstrated its presence in Yisrael. There's a Raish Yishchinah Yisrael. For three years, only the Yavanim, the Hellenizers, and the Greeks had entered the desolated Beis Hamikdash. All supplies had been plundered, and the little which remained was defiled and unfit for use. But because the Hashemunayim now discovered a sealed vessel of olive oil which still bore the unimpaired imprint of the former officials of the Beis Hamikdash, they therefore made haste to kindle the menorah which had so long ago been extinguished. Now the golden menorah had been plundered together with all the treasures of the base of Mignosh. Now they set up a temporary makeshift one in order not to postpone the performance of this mitzvah. They made haste, they did a bezrizis to prepare more of the especially processed oil that Marzaz Menachas paid because for the seal vessel, that seal cruise contained only one day's supply. At the end of the first day the oil had not been consumed. To the amazement and to the delight of the people, the flames persisted until the end of the eight days of the Hanukkah Samizbeach. We can understand how the excitement of these tidings spread like a fire among the Jews everywhere and the, how this event was the chief subject of their conversation. The pious nation, ennobled and purified by their fearful suffering for Hashem's Torah, had longed for the favor of HaKadosh Baruch more than the desired freedom and peace. Now they saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had in some measure accepted their repentance for the various of their wicked brothers which had brought HaKadosh Baruch Hu's disfavor upon them in the first place. Now the nation had been corrupted by the evil influence of the Muxim and many of the lowest class had deteriorated under their regime of 40 years. Now if the greatness of the era of Nevoah could not be regained they at least had cause now to rejoice at the return to the status in the days of Shimon HaTzadik before Yosef and Tavoya had begun to demoralize the people. In the days of Shimon HaTzadik, a similar nace had been observed when the Ner Maravi, one of the seven lamps in the Menorah, always burned beyond the natural time, like the Gemara in Yuma, Lamatesa, and Aleph. And this had served as an edis, edis oilam, Yisrael. The Gemara in Shabbos, Chabez Amen Aleph, Chabez Amen that this was a testimony to all, the whole world that the Shekhinah resided in Yisrael. Now for eight days, all the lamps had burned. Without the presence of the Shekhinah, so the Beis Amigdash was to them a body without life. For the sole purpose of this institution had been stated at its beginning, like it says in Shmois Chavhei, they shall make for me a Beis Amigdash and I shall dwell in their midst. They decreed on the following year that the eight days of Hanukkah be observed every year as a time of thanksgiving and praise to Kadosh Baruch Hu, of which the most prominent feature was the Hanukkah lights, the lights of Hanukkah. Now the Gemara, which is the genuine tradition of Klal Yisrael, preserved in the oral law, explains the true nature of this Hanukkah celebration. The Gemara says, What's what, my Hanukkah? Rashi says, For which miracle was it instituted? So Chazal teaches us, a nace took place, and they kindled the menorah from it, it means from this vessel of oil, for eight days, like the Gemara and Shabbos, Chaval from My Hanukkah, the Tanah Rabbanon, the miracle of the lights was the central cause of celebration, for the battles were by no means finished, for soon afterward, the power went over to the Hellenizers entirely, after the death of Yehuda Maccabi, and the worst part of the Shemad commenced, followed by 25 years of war, so it's therefore clear that the celebration of Hanukkah was not because of any victories, Dr. Rebigna Miller, but because of the rejoicing and the demonstration of the Yeshchina be Yisrael, the main nace of Hanukkah was the Tanah Rabbanon, like Hazal said, the Yeshchina and Klal Yisrael, now the episode of the miracle of Hanukkah was not permitted to be written. The Gemara says it was like Nitnli Kosev. The Gemara in Yuma, It's certain that none of the Chazal ever mentioned the book of the Hashmanoim, the book of the Maccabim. And this book has not been in the hands of our nation throughout the past two millennia. It was illegal for loyal Jews to have any public writings other than Tanakh, other than scriptures. All secular narratives were forbidden as Svar Chitzonim, outside books. The Gemara says in Sad, Sanhedrin of Tzadik Aleph. And no sacred writing other than the Chof Dalet Sifrei Tanakh, the 24 books of scriptures, was permitted. Now it was forbidden even to write uh, a Sidurim, prayer books, the Gemara says in Shabbos of Kuf there is no mention of a written Mishnah or Talmud until the days of the Rabbanon Savaroi, after the last of the Amaroyim. All historical narrative was contained in the Messiah, the oral tradition, in the form of carefully memorized prices, of which a number are found in the Gemara and other compilations such as Seder Oilam, Midrashin. But like all the Messiah, the oral tradition, this had been forbidden to put into writing. Even Josephus states, we do not possess an unlimited number of books among us, but only the books of the scriptures. He writes that in Contra Apion, and he states, everyone is not permitted of his own accord to be a writer. Josephus wrote his own books, not for the Jews. It says in, in Josephus in Vita 76, the book of the Hashmanoim 
was therefore certainly not composed by any of the Chazal or any of the Talmidim, who were always the majority of the nation, as even testified by Josephus in Antiquities. Now, the narrative of the, the Sefer Hashemunayim concludes soon after the period of Yoichen and Herkenes, which we know is Yoichen and Klein Godel, it was Shemesh Bekuna Goyil of Shmaidim Shana, of the Sefer is Nasa Tzadoiki, which we're not going to go into this time. Now, since it goes no further, so it's obviously... Uh, it obviously was composed at that time, for it was merely a chronicle of the Syrian wars. It did not need to include the history of Yechon Hyrcanus. This demonstrates that it was written under the regime of the Sadducees, Hashmonaim rulers, of whom Yechon Hyrcanus was the first, and the writer was under their dominion. Because the Sadducee regime of Yechon Hyrcanus forbade the practice of all the Rabbanans, the all rabbinic laws, and the inflicted punishment, in some instances even death, upon those who observed these halachas. So the writer was careful to omit any mention of the dinner of the Rabbanon of being Madlik Ner Hanukkah, kindling the Hanukkah lamp. He could therefore make no mention of the Nes Hanukkah, which was the entire uh, Kla Yisrael knew, was as, the, as an occasion of this, the, the Rabbanon. Now the practice of Hanukkah was not repressed, although it was a rabbinical edict, for it was the memorial of the glory of the Hashemunayim family and the sole justification of their authority. Josephus, who followed the Sadducees' chronicle throughout, also admitted the miracle of Menorah. He doesn't say anything about the nation of Menorah, but he could not brush off the fact that the entire nation lit Hanukkah lecht, and he therefore mentions the festival called Lights in Antiquities. He gives a lame explanation. He writes over there, I suppose the reason for the name Lights was because this liberty beyond our hopes appeared to us. the Miller, despite the attempts of the Tzadokim to suppress the fame of the nation of Hanukkah and the practice of this mitzvah Chazal and everybody the whole nation made every attempt to publicize this miracle. Pursue Nisa, just they wanted to quiet it down and, suppose, and, and suppress it, but Klazal did the exact opposite. They made every attempt to publicize Mimfrasim the Snais, and the universal practice of Klal Yisrael was to kindle this Hanukkah Menorah at Pesach Beisam, at the gates of their homes, in the public thoroughfare, just because this reason, because they wanted to suppress it and make it. But we do a dafka ish al Pesach just to that they said, no, we want to suppress this nace. No, we go be mefarsimi. Now, we'll see how Antiochus gets punished severely because HaKadosh Baruch Hu's retribution did not fail to come upon Antiochus and eventually upon the whole Syrian Greek regime. Antiochus of Russia was defeated at an Elam, which is in Persia, and he fled all the way to Bovil, losing a great part of his army. At that dark time, he received the bitter tidings of the defeats of his generals by the Yidden in the land of Yehuda and the news that the Jews had fortified Yerushalayim anew. So a painful disease came upon him and he died after declaring that he had greatly wronged the Jews and had unjustly plundered their Beis Amignosh and that he had been guilty of insolence towards the Kaddish Baruch Hu. After him, his kingdom was in disorder for many, many years of eternal warfare until it was conquered by Rome and became a Roman province. And this Be'etzim was what the Rambam says by us in, in, uh, in Hilchas Hanukkah, Kesha Chazra, it says, uh, um, after this nace of, of Hanukkah, Chazra, Malchus, Yisrael, Yesra, Masayim, Shana, more than 200 years, because this was the beginning of the downfall of Rome. And we said, what's the reason why the Rambam tells us, Rambam's not a history safe, he's a loch safe. It says, like we said, I'll pay that Rashi, in Vizayi Sabrocha, that's going on, Mechatz, Masnaim, Komov, Masana, Min Yukumon, it's going on Levi and Chashmanoi, who's from his offspring, and, his, and they came, Chashmanoi, Bonov, and 13 people came, and they destroyed myriad, myriads of, uh, of, the, of the Ivanim, the Greeks, the Hellenizers, the Syrian Greeks, and all their, uh, their friends. And it was a, a, a final blow, a defeat, that, that they couldn't get back on their feet. It was a misan of min yikumum, that get, as the Raman tells us, chozra malchus Yisrael, yesem asayim shana. Whereas with the other wars that were fought in Shoftim or in, in Shmuel, we don't celebrate them because they, they, were just, they came back and they fought again. But here they never again got back to power. Like Ravigna Miller writes over here, and we'll end with this, after Antiochus' defeat, his kingdom was in disorder for many, many years of eternal warfare until it was conquered by Rome and became a Roman province. Mitzvah next time we'll see the Hemshech, but today we'll stop over here with the uh, beginning of the destruction of the Yavonim and Antiochus' kingdom.